Welcome to another edition of the Coast to Coast Footy Podcast. I am Jack Duffy and joining me, as always, on a Monday evening is Jai Thomas. JT, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Duff. Good to, good to be here. Another windy and potentially rainy Monday night in Perth, but yeah, good again, to talk a shit with you. Getting steamed up in the car, though. Nice and warm in here. Yeah. So it's always a good option for a Monday. A few beads of sweat on my head here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's get stuck into it. It's been a couple of weeks since we, since we spoke. Apologies for... Missing last Monday, obviously uh, out of the area. Yeah. Can't say I was out of the state or out of the country given the current situation, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't down at Botany Park. Yeah. Uh, but uh, You're missed, that's for sure. I appreciate yeah. that, I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start because I didn't luckily miss the Bombers' loss last week. Let's talk about the first game of the round, uh, just gone, just an unbelievable kind of game of footy, uh, Essendon versus Hawthorne. Um, I was telling you before, I listened to the first half at work because it started at 2.40 Perth time, listened on the radio, and uh, yeah, I, I put me in a very sour mood, but uh, things turned around and Bombers got the win, 36 points down, and set the trend for, for what was to come as well on the Friday night. So. Yeah, 11 goals to three in the second half, tough. Joe Danaher back. Uh, tell us, how did it feel seeing uh, Joe out there? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was great. Like, obviously, you know, a lot of criticism comes his way. That's understandable, you know. Like yeah. a bit like Tex Walker, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. these guys get heavily criticised. I get it, and you know the bombers heavily criticised for not trading him away last year, and mm-hmm. I understand that too. But ultimately, the best result for Essendon and their supporters is Joe Danaher playing his best footy for the bombers, and yeah. uh, hopefully, the best result for Joe is him doing the same thing. I guess we'll find that out in a couple of months' time. But mm-hmm. uh, for now, just to be able to watch him, you know, perform like that in the red and black number six once more was very satisfying and uh, took a couple of nice grabs, kicked a couple of good goals, missed an easy one, as ah, he yeah, always does. So, you know, got got a bit of everything, yeah. which was great. So I, I, mean, I enjoyed it. But, well, like, all right, there's a finals run to be had and you've got to get your best players on the park at this point. But where are we at in terms of Joe? Like, is he going to be there next year? Well, I guess that's the question. I, Makes a difference for the structure, though, doesn't it? Jesus. Yeah, I think... Key forward versus nothing. I think if you listen to everything that's going on, obviously, at the end of last season, he was real frustrated, with, particularly at the club, with regards to how they managed his injury. Sure. And that's and like I said, that's that's completely understandable. So hopefully uh, if they've done the right thing this year and got his injury right and he can play the last handful of games and get through it successfully then yeah. uh you know and play well and contribute to a team that he thinks is going to be competitive then i think that that certainly helps essendon's chances of keeping him but at the same time if he wants to leave and go to sydney i've I, there's no hard feelings there i just hope he plays good footy because yeah. he's such a great player to watch and you know it would be it would be a you know the afl would be poorer for not having him out on the park playing his best so um you know he, if he and buddy teamed up next year it would be uh It'd be incredible to watch if they're both running around playing good football. But uh, obviously, I hope he stays. And yeah, I, I think a lot of it will hinge on whether he can get through the next month yeah, uninjured. Yeah. That's my personal take. Yeah, right. I think he wants to be a bomber. Obviously, yeah. a lot of family ties there. But, yeah. Uh, but the bombers' management of all injuries has been a total debacle yeah. the last few years. Heppel being con- con- constantly injured, Fantasia constantly injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Hurley and Hooker have had their injury problems over the last couple of years. Uh, Harakis obviously. Yeah. You know, some of these you can't help, but yeah. Um, but yeah, some of them you can, and I think mm. that you know, along with some other clubs, Frio, if we name one, yeah, injury management, you know, GWS maybe the same hasn't yeah. really been elite. I know, yeah, you got to have. A, like, people often forget that you know players 
are engaging with a group of people like anyone does in their workplace. Uh, and if you work with idiots, yep. if you work with dickheads, yep. then you look for other jobs. So, you know, the uh, reality is if, you know, if the medical staff aren't giving him what he needs, they've got to He's within his rights to say this isn't this isn't the right place for me to ply my trade, um, but I don't see what the attraction is of going to the Swans. To be honest, like you know, the, the they got a young side, they're building, but I just would have thought your best chance is sticking at Essendon, and uh, and hopefully that midfield gets it right, and you can be the missing ingredient. Yeah, it'll be. Uh It'll be interesting to see. I think he he, he makes he makes such a big difference to any side because mm. he's not just a like a a forward that can take a contested grab in the fifty. He gets up the ground. He's got a great kick. Mm. Like not just not necessarily a goal, but you know around the ground as well. And yeah, I think it'll be like Fantasia. I think will leave by the sounds of it. I don't know if Port were too happy with him after what happened last year. So don't know if he'll have too many suitors if he wants to go back to South Australia. I don't know if Matthew Nix wants him at the Crows. Yeah. So he might be left out to dry. But, um, yeah, it's a, it, I mean, Essendon's off-seasons are always fascinating because they're so inept. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what they deliver up this yeah. year. Uh, what about the Hawks, JT? Obviously, let's oh, talk about fuck. their game with Adelaide this week. So yeah. the Crows coming off the bye. A, a lot of chatter recently that this is the Crows' Best chance for a win this year, which, I mean, there's only a handful of games left, so I guess it is. But you think the Crows are a genuine chance against Hawthorne? Oh, absolutely. They're a genuine chance. Hawthorne are a bucket of turd at the moment. <laughs> um, and it's not really improving, despite the quality of players. You know, you can't tell me that a side with, you know, I, I, I know O'Meara's not playing, is he? But, no. uh, you know, with Wingard O'Meara and Tom Mitchell, you know, Around the ball, how are they so bad? Um, so yeah, Adelaide are a big chance. Uh, you've got to think um, they'll throw everything at it. I, you know, you never quite believe that a club isn't throwing everything at it week in week out. They're professional athletes; they're supposed to throw everything at it. But yeah, you just got to think desperation. It's a stinky cologne. Yeah, could be the uh, could be the uh, the week that they just that, that yeah they just go selfless and. Uh, Put their bodies on the line and get it done. Yeah, the interesting one for me, and we've spoken about it before, is with the Hawks is Ben McAvoy. Like the Bombers dominated the center clearances on Thursday, mm. and Segler was doing the ruck work, and McAvoy was playing in the back line. Now he got <laughs> back, McAvoy got coaches' votes, and that's fine, right? But is he really helping the team more playing in the back line? He's not he the be? center half back of the future for no. that side. It's not the full back of the future. Like you're going to lose, and they are then. You might as well get a young key position player doing that role, earning their trade, and it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a real interesting one. I'll be fascinated to see. this Hawthorne, someone with a future there. but Hawthorne-Adelaide is the first game of the round tomorrow, and uh, there's a lot at stake despite the fact that neither neither club will play finals. Yeah. It's going to be a fascinating game. I mean, it's, it's borderline unwatchable as a game. Like, there's just yep. there's nothing worth <laughs> watching unless you're a supporter of either side in that game. Yeah, fingers crossed for Crows fans. Yeah. I'd like to see them get one win this season. I think they, they've gone through a lot the last couple of years. So just a nice yeah. four points would be a real and nice Matthew positive Nick's for them. going to be – like if he had hair, he'd be <laughs> pulling it out. But like going into the end of your first season as a senior coach, with zero wins on the board, a fucking global pandemic well, and, a, and a squad that has no upside. <laughs> sign up for coronavirus. Oh, geez, yeah. Well, let's uh, – Let's talk about the game after that, JT, Richmond and then West Coast. Richmond? Pretty. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Richmond and West sorry. Coast, sorry, from last week, yep. from last sorry. Thursday. 
was a, a pretty good contest. I thought it was actually a pretty good game of football. Um, obviously, Josh Kennedy got a knee to the head early, which probably, yeah. you know, was a bit unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and he's not going to play this week. But uh, I thought yeah. the Eagles played fairly well, but just didn't quite weren't quite consistent enough to get the, the points against the Tigers. Yeah, the Kennedy thing uh, hurt, obviously. Uh, you can't lose a 600-goal forward, uh, you know, like that and expect it to not make a difference structurally and, you know, from an impact perspective. But, uh, yeah, the reality is two sides that are in the mix um, went pretty hard at it. Um, you've got to say the Eagles have got a problem with night games, yep. you know, in Queensland. Um, it's it's a worry for them. Day grand final then, surely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just, you know, like it becomes important some of the AFL's decisions around, say, home finals or not. Yeah. Because... You know, they could get they could get shafted here with a minimum of fuss. So, yeah, that's definitely a problem for them, um, regardless of of uh, of the result on last Thursday or whenever it was. Um, but yeah, two good sides went pretty hard at it. Thought uh, um, thought you know Richmond uh, have really bounced back from that mid year slump that they were in yep. earlier in the year. Yeah, they're playing really well. Um, unfortunately, for the rest of the competition. Um, you know, Hooley came back in, played pretty well. Cochin's playing well. Dustin Martin plays well, you know, pretty much every week. Yeah. Jack Graham, I thought, has, has been showing some pretty good signs of improvement mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I think uh, I think the Tigers are just ramping up nicely. Would the best result for the Eagles be maybe if they have to play an away final? Could be better off playing Port Adelaide and Adelaide than, uh, than yeah. having to play a Victorian team at the Metricon. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, well, on play, a Saturday night. Play anyone, anywhere, that's just, as, long, as long as it's not, you know, 7.40 on the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fine. Uh, the Cats, JT, someone that the Eagles might be playing in the finals, that was a, a great victory on Friday night. So yeah. another team that came back from six goals down. Uh, the Bulldogs got off to a fast start and the Cats just, yeah, ground them down. Yeah. I thought Dangerfield obviously, you know, was phenomenal as he has been so often this year. You just love the Bulldogs versus the Cats games. Maybe it's just a dogs and cats thing, but maybe I always just think of the, uh, the you know, 92 classic. Was it 92? 94. The uh, Billy Brownless. Billy Brownless, yeah. Yep. Just, uh, just re- ignites some of those memories. Uh, and, you know, yeah, Geelong, Geelong bounced back pretty well uh, after being down early. And Yeah, they've just got sneaky good performances from fringe players this year and, uh, and that continued, you know, last week. So... Good on them. Yeah, Mark Blitzarves led the hit-out count with 26, uh, which is unbelievable. But yeah. I, it was an interesting stat I saw during the week that the Bulldogs have lost the hit-out count 30 games in a row, which is a record. Um, uh, and apparent, I think apparently Josh Dunkley attended more uh, more hit-out opportunities than yeah. even Team English on the weekend. Well, so. Was English roving to Dunkley, was he? Well, He's I, a ruck rover now. I think so. Yeah. I think that's how they're doing it. Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, I thought that was a fascinating statistic and I think – I don't know if the Bulldogs are concerned about that. I mean, English is obviously improving and going to continue to get better. But, mm. uh, you know, we, as you would know as an Eagles fan, when you've got a dominant Nick Natanui palming the ball down, giving your midfielders first use, it, it can be pretty important. Yeah. So um, yeah. having said that, it doesn't necessarily say they lost the hit out to advantage that, does it? No, so, exactly. Uh, Port continue to chug on. Um, oh, yeah, pretty Sydney. easy, pretty easy pretty victory over, over Sydney. Charlie Dixon, uh, another great performance. Yep. Have you been more impressed with Dixon or Hawkins or Josh Kennedy this year? Do you reckon? Uh, or they, you reckon they're all about they're all on about the, the same and each in their doses. Like Kennedy took about five weeks to have a good game. Dixon had a few good games and then can go missing. He tore the Eagles a new one. 
Tomahawk's probably the most impressive of the lot because I know he's like, leading the league in score assists, I think, as well. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's influential even when he's not kicking goals. So <clears throat> I just think it shows how, despite the fact there's no 100-goal seasons these days, the key forwards are still super important. super important. And that's a massive difference to have a good one versus not. Yeah, You'll know that with Danaher coming back versus the dog shit you had before that. What what I like about uh, Dixon is the the way, the swagger, right? you know, you got to admire that. Like if he's on top of a side, he lets him know and he celebrates his goals and, yeah, it's good to watch. It is. It's great. It's good to see a big forward just have a, a big imposing presence on the game. Yeah, an animal about him. I mean, I guess people criticise Tom Lynch a little bit for that, but he does it differently uh, in, in, across a, as a wanker. in a terrible way yeah. as opposed to Dixon. So. I mean, people probably hate Dick Dixon as well, but i got to say I, I quite enjoyed watching him, you know, get involved, kick a nice goal and just let people know about it. He's got him. a big beard as well, which yeah. helps as well. That always, it's a joy to watch. Roberto Gray, yeah. he was back. Yeah, he was back as well. He's been back. He's been playing good footy recently. He was, you know, retirement was just staring him in the face earlier in the year. He just wasn't doing anything. Yeah. But uh, they've maybe thrown him a bit more midfield or something like that, but he's... Uh, He's having an impact. Yeah, he's been good. Rockcliffe's been chugging around, doing some stuff. They're getting some good good service out of their older players. Travis Boat continues to have a, an excellent year. Yeah. Speaking of dominant forwards, the Giants had a great win over the Dockers. Cameron, finally, Jeremy Cameron bounced back, kick four. Jake Riccardi, JT, I'm sure you've seen this mentioned uh, over the Twitter sphere the last couple of days. Kick four goals, took nine marks. Champion data had him as the 44th rated player on the ground. Yeah. 44th. Yeah, exactly. So that, that means there was no one worse than him yeah, according I, to their rankings. It's, it's you know, if there's, if there's grounds for terminating a contract, then I'm sure the AFL's contract with champion data has to be under scrutiny. He won like, the rising model's sta- broken. He won the Rising Star nominee this week. Like, I know it goes into an algorithm or something like that, but it doesn't work. It absolutely doesn't work. Aiden Core had six disposals. Connor Blakely had six disposals. <laughs> you know? I think Stephen Hill had, had eight but, yeah, I mean, know, Aiden Core's a key, four. Possession, key position defender, so he might have had a, used his fist well. But the others, you know, a guy's taken nine clunks, kick four goals. Yeah. Uh, if you're taking nine marks in, as a key forward, you, then you you're probably, in the most of probably expect to crack the top 40. Influential players at, on the ground. At sure. least the top 40 for the game. <laughs> uh, James Ace, one of my favourites, he had eight disposals. Yeah. At AT, so he's one of my absolute favourites. Yeah, he's a gun. He's a quality player. Lockie Whitfield was excellent off the halfback flank, I thought. Like his use of the ball, uh, yeah, as a guy explosive. who enjoys watching people use the ball well, um, he just is phenomenal when he's on. And you let him run around and get 31 disposals. It just, just carves yeah. you up every every time. Tim Taranto's improving every week. Mm-hmm. And Matt DeBoer's job on, on Nathan Fife was excellent. I know, interesting um, interesting set of outcomes for Longmuir to ponder. He saw his star player get held to 11 disposals. He watched some opposition guns run around unfettered and just dominate. Um, makes a pretty strong case to get a good tagger in your side. But, you know, we spoke about a key position forward, and that's important structurally. But from a game plan perspective, if you can find a good tagger, you've got to use them. I think the board does it so well because it might have been the Collingwood game when they played earlier in the year. Like, he does a, a good lockdown job, but when the opportunity arises for him to actually run hard and, and push and get, get the ball, um, he still does it. And I think so. He's not a super damaging player offensively, but he still puts the work in and still can provide some link up for the Giants, which is important. And I think, you know, th- there's certain guys who we, who we talk about as being really important for their team. And I think, funnily enough, Matt DeBoer 
it probably wouldn't be in this first 18 Giants players if you're listing them talent-wise. But Oh, uh, yeah. But he's certainly one first of their most picked, important. I'm sure. Yeah. JT, the Demons continue to win without the nibbler, um, surprisingly. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they just snuck to victory against the Saints, obviously. Petrarca had a great game, kick four, rather controversial goal at the end. Don't know if you saw the little touch. The little touch. Uh, my take on it, I, I really had no problems with how any of it played out. I think, um, you know, the score review obviously is just to to take away the the horrendous errors, and uh, you know that one umpire's call. I'm happy to go with that. I mean, imagine if we had, you know, like this the Michael Long goal in the '93 Grand Final. You know, yeah. you, you know. It's an umpire's call. It's a yeah. goal. We wouldn't yeah. have had sauce reaction, you know, that it was touched. It just adds some drama to the game. Like the, the goal reviews meant just for the absolute howler. Yeah. So I think fair play there. And I don't really care if the AFL didn't have the best technology in place at that ground. Like it doesn't it doesn't really bother me to be honest. Mm. Like if you've got it at the, at the ground and you can use it, great. But if you don't, yeah, you know, the umpire gets paid for a job, you know, and yeah. made the call. And <clears throat> I think it was the right one. And uh, I, I think – I just don't want to see a scenario where uh, – where the umpires get lazy and the umpire's call becomes a default to something that's not right. Yep. I don't know. Maybe it's But I think that's why it's more in a LBW decision where like it's just gonna default to not, not out, out maybe. But I that's where I think it was good that he called the goal. Yeah. Like I do it's agree. Gotta do your job. If you if you look just, at it closely. Yeah. If you say it's a behind just in case, then that's wrong for yeah. sure. But in this case I'm glad if he had have called a behind then yeah. yeah, well, I guess that changes things. Maybe yeah. Melbourne don't win, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Melbourne continue to continue to chug on. Ed Langdon's certainly lifted his form yeah. the last couple of weeks. Ex Docker and Stephen May played a great game. Like you know, he he was having a pint at the pub by himself when it was at the start of last year, and yeah. popped a lot of criticism. But he's he's been excellent for yeah. the Demons of late. You've got to say um, he's been good, and and as a, as a whole, the club has really changed direction. So. Yeah. Good, good on them. Their supporters deserve it. So, yeah, Goodwin saving his job in the process. So that was a, he needed to do it. Yeah, it was a huge win by the Demons, and they play Sydney this week. Um, so it's a very winnable game to continue their winnable, push for yeah, finals. They should smash them. Speaking of uh, finals contenders, uh, the Pies had a great win over the Blues. Obviously, mm. didn't look likely yeah. early, and then in the second half, I think uh, what did Carlton kick in the second half? I've got it here. Uh, four, four points. Yeah, Four points furious. and a half of football. I'd be furious. Like uh, they're they're supposed to be on the bubble themselves, Carlton, in terms of taking that next step, not into premiership contention or anything, but just you know being in the mix for finals. And I know they sort of are and still are, but those are the kind of games that they win to get themselves into eighth spot, not finish in tenth or eleventh and uh, and peter out. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be pissed off if I was a Carlton supporter. But Collingwood, you know, Bucks is a uh, big presence. So and Chris Maine's inspiring them, just taking hits after hit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was a, was a unbelievable yeah. hit. That he yeah. caught. I hope he's all right. I'm sure he will be fine eventually. But uh, someone was, on Twitter, I think, it was, you couldn't maybe Stevie Day posted this the the video of the the horse yeah. that hangs up that lady, and that uh, <laughs> uh, was just on point. Yeah, I yeah. just think there's not many blokes you would rather get. You know, would would rather get hit by them, Paddy Cripps, or wouldn't rather get hit by, I suppose, yeah. in the AFL. And look, if you're a Collingwood stand. player or supporter, one of the blokes you'd be happy to get poleaxed, uh, you know, it's Chris Mayne. <laughs> Inspirational. Yeah. Well, it was, though. It was great. Yeah. Best luck to him. Yeah. Like At least he didn't, like, he's, I think against the Bulldogs, he knocked himself out last year. I think he dropped the mark. Yeah, he yeah. dropped the mark, yeah. then he fractured his back, I think. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, 
Collingwood now in a box seat for finals for those of us uh, who, who are interested in yeah, that. Bucks is lifted. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the Gold Coast. We won't talk about who they played because they're irrelevant. But a great win. Great win for the Gold Coast. Uh, just, the they side. hadn't won a game for six weeks. I think they drew with the Bombers uh, and they lost five games beside that. So it was great for them to be able to win. I thought Noah Anderson was mm. just super impressive. Um, yes. You know, he's kind of, I don't know if he slides under the radar necessarily, but, you know, Matt Rowe got all the attention and Isaac Rankin gets a lot of attention. If you're but, picking a side out of those two to follow for the next decade or the rest of your life, yep. it's not the war chest that you're, back, you're jumping on. No, no, definitely not. It's yeah. the Gold Coast for sure. Ben Ainsworth was, was impressive. Yep. So, um, yeah, some great signs there for the Gold Coast. I thought King was excellent. Like, he probably, how oh, many yeah. goals did he kick? Two goals, four. Probably the thing. If you're an... If you're an Adelaide supporter, even a Hawthorne supporter, you'd be like, oh, you know, give us one of those King brothers. And your man, Michael Sexton, kicked four goals. Stinks. Yep, Stink Sexton. I don't know, what's his first name? Alex Sexton, probably. Yeah. He kicked four. I think his parents call him Stinks. <laughs> Stink Sexton. So, anyway, JT, that's probably you know, just about it. We're obviously into the next festival of, festival of footy starting tomorrow. We've got... Non, the fuff. non-stop games uh, for the next, you know, three rounds or something. So uh, some interesting games coming up this week. I think uh, GWS Carlton and Brisbane Collingwood are two that stand out. Friday night special for Brisbane Collingwood yep. should be good. With the six buy rounds coming up and then, you know, we'll be halfway through the next round by the time we have another pod. So the Eagles will have played two games uh, yeah. against, against the Bombers and the Bulldogs. Important games for them. Yeah, you know, in the, in the slop. So, you know. Will be no good. Yep. But anyway, uh, we'll say good luck tomorrow night, JT. Oh, same to you, Dave. And good luck yep. in our fantasy football finals. You obviously finished top of the ladder. I think you deserve a little shout out for that. Oh, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you next week in yep. in the second semi or whatever we exactly. we term it. Yeah. So, anyway, man, enjoy the week. Enjoy our night tonight, and we'll speak to you next week. <laughs>